I think also lately just trying to play music just for the fun of it without worrying about a, you know, output or anything or not filming it for social media or not worrying about writing the next great song or writing a song that's bad and just letting it be bad without the pressure of it just must be my next big thing, you know? So that's fun too, to get more into the love of it. Welcome to Invisible Not Broken. Today, we're talking about the creative process, social media, and dating with disability. Our host, Monica, is joined by musician Laura Mustard, who lives with Vader Syndrome. I haven't waited to talk to you. It has been way too long and I miss you. And I also miss the art in your background. <laughs> the happy puppy, just to match the happy puppy. I mean, puppy. how can you not love? Oh, and real puppy. Look at you guys. Oh, here we go. Oh my goodness. Who is that? This is Glenda the Good Pug. Oh my goodness. Hello, Glenda. This is Very Stella. badly named. She's <laughs> definitely not a good dog. She is, she is a great hamster. I don't know about dog, but definitely a deformed hamster. It's a wonderful description for a dog. I love it. (laughs) Are you back on tour? I I am playing out a lot around Nashville and doing kind of more writer's rounds and things like that. So that definitely is fun to be kind of back on stage versus I think the last time we met, it was still kind of shut down with pandemic stuff. So it was cool to be out there. Yeah, we were like right there. I think the last time we talked was like, what, 2021? I think it was. Yeah. Not that we're still in the pandemic, but there's a little bit more more looseness to be able to, as I proved, because I just got my first round of COVID now. Oh, no. That that was a a nice surprise. Yeah, I'm always behind the trends. Catching up, I guess. That was brutal. I don't mean to make light about them. No, no. Two weeks of hell. I do not ever want to experience again. So yeah. For everyone, mask up, people. This is not fun. Yeah, no, I just, I just got my booster again for like the seventh time two weeks ago. I caught it while I was waiting for the booster. Oh, no. That's horrible. I know. It was like one day before I was supposed to go get the booster. And oh, no. my youngest had a 16th birthday party and everyone had tested. Everyone tested negative. And then the day after everyone came home, one of them tested positive. And I was like, oh, that's, um, that's going to be it. No. <laughs> Bummer. Doing so well. So close. Jeez. Three years. Well, are you feeling better now or is it still? So much better. No, there was, it was two weeks of like 103 fever. I like did nothing. I was like in my bed for like two weeks, not moving. Just. Oh no. Jeez. Oh Today's no. Today's like my first day. I'm starting to feel like an actual human being again. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're on the up and up. It's still the lot. You know, me too. That was, that was, I feel like, you know, I, I understand like true physical suffering with like all the daily shit I go through and then yeah. like something like this comes along it's like no no, no it can be worse you can always get worse with a cough and a fever and vomiting that, that you, you can do dislocations while coughing isn't that fun yay ribs oh no went full alien like you know that movie alien where, like the ribs just opened up I was like that for about a week yeah. Oh, geez, that's, that's horrifying. But well, yes, that's a good lesson. It can always get worse. That's my <laughs> happy news for today. Tell me about you and your life before I whine some more about four campers <laughs> and COVID. Oh, I'm kind of I love it. I love it. But no, yeah, it's, it's, it's going well. I'm um, releasing some new music. So I have like one single coming out every few weeks or months or so. And then gearing up for a full kind of EP six song project coming out in February. So it's been fun to kind of share new music and do kind of promo for that too. And yeah, it's a good time. Let's talk about what's inspiring your music because you are very personal with your music. It's not. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I mean, this one's interesting because it's kind of a collection of like older songs that just never really fit a project. And I was looking through them and I was like, oh, these are all kind of love songs. They all kind of line up and almost tell the story of my dating in my awkward 20s. Like, great. This will be a good, good little project to talk about love songs. Work out well. I'll wait them out the love songs because I mean, I'm I'm old. I haven't done dating in like decades. So... Yeah, no, it's, it's well, so, and that's another new interesting development where I 
spent a year working on this project and then two weeks before I released it, my partner and I split. So now I'm newly single, which it was, it was, it was, you know, ended on good terms. We were friendly and all that. So that's all good. But it's just a very different perspective than I expected to be kind of promoting these songs in. So it's interesting kind of thinking about dating now when you're releasing this new music. And so, yeah, I actually haven't really gotten back out there and I'm not really thrilled about running back to the apps or anything. That's not really my priority right now. I'm just enjoying the music, but that's, that'll be a whole other adventure. Tests with dating with chronic illness and that's something fun to talk about too, but. Oh, we can get to that in a minute. Wild thing to be like, and it sounds like the whole Glenn and Doyle thing where she was promoting her book and she was going like, about like keeping everything going and then getting a divorce at the same time. How is that? How are you doing? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's all right. And like, I think it was one of those things where it just, it was kind of not in a good place for a while. We pulled kind of got, got to the point where we realized it wasn't working. So it wasn't like a big shock or a surprise or anything. Almost like the, the John Mayer song, Slow Dancing in a Burning Room kind of comes to mind with that relationship. But I've never heard of that song before, but I feel like that's one of the best lines I've heard in a while. Is, isn't that a great line? Yeah, it's a good one. So, so yeah, but anyway, so it, it wasn't like a giant shock, I guess. And for me, it was almost like relief of like, this thing wasn't really working. We weren't really happy happy together by the end. So now we're both kind of doing our own thing, but we're still very friendly. And he's a musician in the area too. And so we want to keep it on good terms. We can see, see each other out and about while we're playing and all that. So we have a lot of respect for each other and everything like that too. So that's all very positive, as positive as they can get, I guess, with the ending of something like that. But but yeah, no, I guess it's just a different perspective to be promoting these songs that I thought would write. An important thing that we start talking about as especially disabled people, that it's not working as a good enough reason. I cannot tell you how much pressure I got when I was in my first marriage and like when I was dating people, no, 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 this is a person who'll take care of you. Unless they are like, you better have a really good reason for leaving because they're stepping up to the plate. And it was such a weird thing of like, I'm supposed to be so grateful someone was willing to like be with me. But I like, just that it's not working, it's not good is enough of a reason to 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 leave. And so I'm sorry, but I kept you going on that. But I just, I think it's such no. an important thing that we all hear that. Yeah, no, I think I think that's okay to do. And yeah, I think it is this kind of scarier thing of kind of moving on your own or even like during the pandemic, I had a urinary blockage and that led to like three different operations. Oh. And that was a whole, I mean, that was, that was back in 2020, which just made that year even better. But it's, it's, and it's much stable now, but that was a whole thing. And he was very kind to drive me to the ER and he couldn't come in though, which was interesting because of the pandemic stuff. So he would like drop me up to the ER and get updates from the doctor and stuff like that. And which like next to me in bed when I had a urine drainage bag and stuff like that. So like to his credit, he was always very supportive and understanding with that. But I guess the hope is if he is, somebody else will be too down the line. Like you don't want to just stay with something, even if it's not working, just because they're doing that kind of, you know, basic level of accepting you for who you are. Hopefully anyone else would do that too. The bar actually is. <laughs> My disorder has a 60% divorce rate. Really? Yes. And we have the loudest cuts here today. Let, let's see. Yeah, obviously, I was like to say, this is Kandorka <laughs> Eloise. Please feel free to go over to YouTube and see like why I should never leave my door open when I'm doing an interview. Recently, we a child who runs in here. Oh, it goes. Yeah. Like, I have to just look on Facebook and you'll see like actual, there's enough people that there are groups, women who have been left at hospitals after surgeries. Like, it just, it's so crazy. Like, I just remember really when I was diagnosed my doctor sat my husband down like so this is what you can expect he's like of course I live with her I know what she's going through he's like she's not lying she's really in pain he's like of course I know that she's my wife like and it's just so wild to like listen to this guy who was like telling my husband what my life is like like I'm not capable of telling him like he needed a man to give him like 
to believe this. Like it was just such a gobsmacked moment of like, wow, when you're disabled in a relationships, it's kind of a wild ride. Yeah. No, like and it definitely puts a different level of like vulnerability and trust and all that. And even just dating of getting to know someone and like, hey man, are you cool with this? Here's all my stuff. Like and it's kind of so I guess we're going right the dating. When do you feel like it's a good time? Like I was lucky that I married my best friend. Like he had like seen the worst of the worst where we were just buddies. Like how do you decide to like, yeah, come out of the disability closet? Yeah, I man. Uh, well, it'd be interesting now because like last, because the relationship I got out of recently was seven years. So it's been a long time since I've been dating. So that's a big change too. But back then, like I didn't really talk about my medical stuff online. And it was like this very secretive thing. And now I'm doing podcasts like this. So that's on my social media. I'm like, it's a whole thing. So I feel like, I feel like most people kind of Google each other or like look each other up on social media now. Like if you meet someone new, you kind of want to know what they're about and start scrolling. So if anyone is interested, like they'll probably find it. And like, it's not so, but, but part of me feels like that'll be a more positive thing in terms of it will be this giant surprise and it'll be a more of an open conversation or maybe it'll scare you off before you get too involved. But then I don't have to worry about it. It's a good filter. I mean, yeah. And you can always like scare them with, I'm a songwriter and if you're mean to me, people are going to be humming about it. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, no, yes. Right now at the current ripe time for summer. I'm going to say, how is the songwriting going now? <laughs> going really well. Like, I don't have a good idea. Nothing finished yet, but I have some ideas of half-finished songs. And we'll see what that turns into. But maybe next year there'll be more music. I'll be back in the studio. <laughs> Did you do that a lot? Where you, like, go back through, like, diaries and... Yeah, I do, I do go through, and, and, and it was interesting, like, for this project, because these were all older songs, which is to never home. So it was interesting to, like, kind of re-listen to them and write them. But there were certain lines that, like, I did change here or there, kind of being more kind to 22-year-old Laura and her dating shenanigans. It's like, you don't have to have that much guilt about it. It's fine. You were working things out. It's like, you know, so trying to have a little more acceptance for who you are, what you did, looking back on your past. It's a hard thing, though, like, it's to, like, look back at, like, baby, like, 22-year-old you and be, like, show up with compassion instead of, like, yeah, no. Older shaking. What are you doing you to doing? future us? <laughs> we had, I mean, it was, it was interesting because, like, a lot of those misadventures, like, I was in like one serious relationship in college and that didn't work out. And then there was this kind of period of, I guess, kind of sadness and surging. But a lot of that was more kind of compensating. And like, I didn't have a lot of self acceptance around my medical stuff, too. So I think it was like, well, you know, if I date this person and they say I'm attractive or if they want to fool around, maybe that's, that'll be a good thing. And it's like almost doing it for the validation. And shocker, it didn't really work. Crazy. But I feel like just in hindsight, I can have this more sense of compassion of like, you were doing this more from a place of hurt, like lack of understanding of yourself. And, and I, I would hope that younger Laura would be happy with who I am now and having this positivity around myself and being able to talk about it more and the freedom around it. The thing that I think a lot of people get that step of is like you have to meet yourself with kindness if you want to like meet anyone with kindness. If you can't forgive yourself for stuff, you are going to have the hardest time being kind to others. That's my that's my message for all politicians to like start being kind to yourselves so that you can be kind to the rest of us, please. Like now, yesterday. Yep, yep. Now, you know, it solve a lot of problems in the world. I think, but... You know, I really do. That and, you know, men, please hug your, your sons. I'm begging yeah. you because we have so much history of seeing like how that works out. Yeah, push, push all those feelings down. It'll be fine. I don't think so. Sure, absolutely. That that seems to go real well <laughs> for everyone. Just watch Succession to see how great that goes. Oh, man. <laughs> so for like what you were talking about, like, what, sorry, words and brain cells are just not chatting together. So forgive. Yeah. The brain fog is real. You're talking about like that need to to be accepted. And with chronic illness, I so 
feel that like aside from like I had a lot of body dysmorphia, ballerina issues, but just like almost like I didn't exist until someone liked me. And then that was enough was to be chosen. I'm much older than you. And they're like, that was really like beat into the heads of like those who grew up in the 80s and 90s of like, you are to be chosen. You don't choose. And it was such a wild thing. And then adding on to that, this idea of like being damaged, like my dad had this like massive moment of wonderful man, but he broke down crying when he was told I'd be in a wheelchair. Like it was gonna be the worst thing in the world. Who will ever marry you? How will you work? It was like, that was such a weird thing was like, did you have like anything like that with like your family or friends where it was like, I don't know, that's a weird way to phrase that. But it just, it felt like, you know, like I was, I was trying to figure out how I felt about it. And someone else was telling me how bad it was going to be before I could even figure out how I was okay with it or not. Right. Yeah, no, it's hard. And, and so for me, like a lot of my medical issues, I was born with Bader syndrome, which is just a cluster of birth effects that happen together. But for me, it really impacts my digestive and urinary tract. So using the bathroom is a big adventure for me and kind of always will be. But like growing up, like, I guess that that's even makes them even more vulnerable, kind of opening up to somebody about using the bathroom. And that's not like a socially acceptable thing to talk about. But I also can be very gassy at things. And that's great on a date. So, th- so just I think just the kind of cold taboo around that in general had that kind of like you're damaged or you're broken or you're not good enough and kind of a constant thought. And I was also teased a lot as a kid for it because kids are mean and you hit third grade and people look around. So yeah, I, th- I think that was definitely something I had to work through. And it really wasn't until like my mid-20s really that I had some semblance of acceptance. And really in that first relationship back in college, there was a lot of like projecting onto the guy. and like, why would you want to be with me? Why would you want to do this your whole life? And if you say that over and over to somebody, especially a 21-year-old dude, they're going to be like, no, you're right. I don't want to shoot this type thing. I mean, and it's not even gender. I mean, my girlfriend back in college was like, I, I'm sorry. I'm only like 20. I, I cannot do this. And yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and, and even in my head, too, like there's a lot of projection of like, you know, like I'm 20 something now and it's really hard to like what's going to happen when I'm 50 and my body starts decaying and like just this like long term doom projection, which for anyone would be like, yeah, you know what? This isn't that fun. Someone who's almost 50, I can tell you, it's certainly not fun. I'm not enjoying this. Excellent. I'm glad I was right. You were so right. I, I just to put a little nail on the coffin of this Monday. Yes. Yeah, it's 50 socks. Perfect. One day at a time. But yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. So I think but just having that mentality, that mindset, and even like after we broke up, like he kind of made a comment of like, it wasn't the medical stuff. It was more your attitude around it. And that was oh, really hard. wow. Which is fair. But yeah, so it's a hard. Let's get postmortems, like real accurate postmortems oh, of relationships. That. That's nice. And that was interesting about this last relationship because he's a songwriter too. And like, and we were like living together though. So like there was a time where we were broken up, but we were still living together. So like for about a week or two every night, we'd like sit on the couch and talk about why our relationship worked for like two hours a night for like a week. And it was painful and it was hard. I think both of us were like fascinated by it. It was a very healthy, positive, open conversation. Therapy boot camp. It was wonderful. Like I have a lot of respect for him for doing that and chatting. And it was very open. And like, I think some of that was like, we'd been walking on eggshells around each other for so long because we just weren't in a good spot. But once it was broken, Um, it was like, all right, well, I guess we can just say anything now. So here's what I was thinking when this happened. But again, like I just, I I, I do do have a lot of gratitude for that relationship, even though it didn't. It sounds like another thing to mine for your songwriting. Right? Yeah, no. Like, I I mean, mean, like, I don't think I'd want to write a lot of like, screw this guy songs about that. More just talking about grief and transition and loss and more more of an overarching theme versus a petty 
jab if I can. But a lot of the breakup songs are rather petty jabs. It would be nice to get some like actual thoughtful. I believe me there, you know, Alanis Morissette was my jam back in the 90s. <laughs> Annie DeFranco, thank you so much for both hands. One of my favorite songs <laughs> forever. <laughs> if anyone actually knows that song, please you need to message me. We need to be friends. Um, <laughs> so what are you going to be doing now? Because we, we have not talked in a minute. Are you doing the the circuit are you still writing are you making more beautiful videos so I, I guess hopefully this will be out around january we talked about but right now it's october so next month i have a music video coming out with the next single it's called will you go walking and it's kind of like about hiking but like sharing your favorite hiking spots with like a favorite person which is nice isn't it like the best part about a new person is getting to see all the new places yeah yeah kind of sharing all that and opening up all that which will be kind of exciting so it'll be fun to kind of you know, down the line, if I do date someone again, show them all my favorite little hiking spots if they like to hike. But I made, I made a little music video, and that was cool between January and June. Like, I just hike all the time with my dog. You're snoozing oh on the couch. Oh, my God, look at that little face. It doesn't, this little sleeping, adorable yeah. Labrador does not look like this dog is willing to go hiking for anything or oh. has just gotten back from a hike. But this is a very cute, sleepy, small baby. Which is not her main stage. She likes zoomies, and she's the fastest dog at the dog park, and she's like a ball of chaos. But when she sleeps, she's very chill. And she is absolutely disproving you right now. This this looks like taxidermy. <laughs> this does not look like a nap. I have videos I can show you. I want to see the videos. Yeah, I'll send them to you. She's a fast girl. But yeah, that, that was a cool video because like I, I would go on these hikes, some, some with me, like and even up up in Connecticut, Massachusetts, kind of visiting family, taking little videos with her too. So I kind of synced them all together. So it's like a little time lapse kind of video of hiking from January through June, kind of sent up to this this song and like all these different places and some shots have snow and sometimes it's summer. Like So I think it's a kind of a cool little nature, you know, project. So I'm pretty excited about that. That one that's coming out next month. I so. cannot wait to see that. <laughs> I love your videos. Thank you. Yeah, no, I do like putting things together, making, putting, putting kind of a visual part to the music is really fun. It's so hard to like when you're an artist or when you're doing one thing and then it's like, okay, but now I have to think of a new way to package this, show it, new storytelling on top of the storytelling I already did and then get people interested in then you need to put on your marketing hat and then like figure out how to be like you're you're doing like 20 jobs while being creative. Yes, yes, I am. And also having a full time job. Yeah, that's right. You do. You have a full I, I took blanked on that. I'm so sorry. Yes, you have a full time job, too, as well as being a singer songwriter and a video creator and a content creator. And I am pretty sure you're, you're a marketing person. I don't think you have a team. Not really. No, I mean, like, I, I, I work with like an artist coaching company in Nashville. And they kind of give you advice as to how to you know, kind of like when to release things and like different marketing strategies and stuff like that. But I'm the one physically executing everything before kind of getting, you know, support or kind of advice on the best practices to do this. But I call it zero to 60, little shout out if anyone wants to look them up. But yeah, it is, it is, it is a lot. And the plans why I'm always tired. I'm doing all these things. But being just, you know, sick. Back. Yes, exactly. All my medical stuff. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, I do, I do spend a lot of time in bathrooms and that's where I do a lot of my songwriting. Notes app comes into handy because I swear that Notes app is everything. Oh, yeah. Big part of my life. And sorry. What, what, what was the question? How do I do everything? <laughs> yeah, you do everything because I, I wouldn't even be able to try to replicate it. But it was just more of like, is there anything that works well for you when you're trying to like handle everything aside from the notes app and long times yeah. in bathrooms and right and in waiting rooms and all the doctor's offices mm -hmm. because my yep. god that's that's a whole job in and of itself 
Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. All the managing of that or ordering medical supplies, just keeping on top of all that whole thing too is a whole other little job in itself too, for sure. So, it, um, but yeah, I mean, like I have, I have like a little planner that I put everything in and that does help me to try to organize stuff and kind of like a running list of like tasks to do. Journaling my feelings about how I feel overwhelmed all the time. It just helps me to kind of process some of that. And also just try to give myself credit. Like I think I don't always zoom out, like take a look at everything on my plate. I just feel like I'm like not on top of everything as I should be. But it's like, well, the moments like this, they're like, oh yeah, well, there's a reason for that. So trying to be kind to yourself is as you're managing it. But yeah, I guess just kind of organization, which is also not my strong suit, but trying to be more organized and again, kind of using that coaching company that helps kind of keep a running list of tasks too. And you get like little pings and reminders to do this thing. I mean, I, I guess I do kind of break it up where like I kind of do promo more for like six months and then I kind of get back into more of a cycle of writing. Like I kind of write little things all the time, but right now I'm more of in like a promotional phase or versus like pure creation. But I think also lately just trying to play music just for the fun of it without worrying about a, you know, output or anything or not filming it for social media or not worrying about writing the next great song or writing a song that's bad and just letting it be bad without the pressure of just must be my next big thing, you know? So that's fun too, to get more into the love of it. I love what you're saying of like yeah. the cycles of it. So you're not trying to be like, okay, I'm going to be creative at 9 a.m. And then yes. at 10, I'm going to like figure out the hashtags. And then <laughs> at 11, I'm going to post stuff. And then the idea of just doing something without worrying about being good. Like, I, I love that we're so obsessed right now with this idea of like the hustle culture. You so you better learn how to like do content creation for Instagram and like make a business out of it. Like it's a like I'm a horrible singer. I my kids begged me not to sing them lullabies. I still sing all the time. I love it. It makes yeah. me happy. Like you don't have to be good at something. Just enjoy. Yeah, no, I mean, like, even this guitar I got this summer, but I'm, like, very new to guitar playing. I'm, like, I never promised to be a guitar player. So, like, it's just something I mess around and it sounds terrible and I'm learning. Maybe in 10 years, like, I'll put it on a record and do something. But right now, it's just me. It forms, like, a creative release for fun without this. This must be a certain way. So that's nice to you, kind of giving yourself little areas to be bad and have fun. I think especially with social media and being in a city like Nashville where everybody plays music and everybody wants to kind of make it just like you, the competition can be overwhelming. And it's something I've kind of felt a little burned out with, honestly, is of these kind of taking conscious steps to kind of pull back and have fun creating. And also with social media, I think I've kind of like stopped caring about whether my reel goes viral or whatever, like or there's even like best practices or you should post at this time or only use two or three hashtags or all the stupid rules. So like I'll do a few, you know, like I'll maybe put two hashtags on the because that's what you're supposed to do. But I kind of just send it out there. And then it's like, oh, you know, you don't like that one. I, I've, I've, I have another one for you tomorrow. Maybe you like that one type thing. So we're, you know, not caring as much about the, again, the kind of output or the, the response to it. I think Instagram needs to start a fund for all of us artists to pay for our therapy because they keep changing all of these roles. And it's like, hey, we're the ones who are actually making the product you sell. You're the money here. Yep. So why are you torturing us? Just stop it. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, and some of that, like, they kind of make it like a lottery system so that, like, you'll try a lot and then one will go off and get viral. So it's kind of the random, random reward psychology. So it keeps you on there a little longer and you're not paying for it, but your time and attention is what they're profiting off of. Your emotional distress, like you make something for like a thousand hours and like someone's little stick figures go viral. It's like, yes, that happens all the time. Yep. Deep breath, like someone who just like lip syncs or like, you know, does a prank and is mean to someone. I was like, wait, that really? goes viral. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the rage I feel about times when it goes off and something that I put a lot of effort into doesn't do anything. But again, I, and, and like I also try to have fun with it too. So like when they like all put up covers that I think are fun to do or songs I like or just videos of my dog running around that I think are 
funny. Like, like I feel like I'm kind of my own biggest fan. I'm like, I think everything I post is really great. But like, yeah, maybe it doesn't go up. But like, as long as I'm having fun making it or it's a stupid joke that I think is funny or it's, I don't know, like whatever. At least I'm having a good time with it because I'm the one who's spending all this time on it. So, That's a, you know, I, I'm glad we talked about this because I think I might be able to like implement that. Because it's so stressful when they're like, hey, you have to niche yourself. And I'm like, niche myself? But I I'm a farm mom and I do cute little watercolor illustrations and I do horror illustrations and then I write poetry and I write novels and I have kids and I have a guard like what part do I ignore yeah well no, I, I heard this one creator talk about how like you are the niche so like anything you're doing is you so like you try to get people to care Ooh. about you you know care about you and your stories so like today i'm doing music today here's my dog is laura the brand or whatever like do you like this no tomorrow here's what laura's doing tomorrow like love that but how weird that like regular people are branding themselves like yeah I, no. it's one thing for like adults but like my my youngest is 16 and she actually made the choice to get off social media. We had very heavily monitored the social media, but she decided to get off of it because how are you supposed to know who you are at 16, let alone create a brand for yourself? And I'm like, stuff out and you're just sort of like accidentally step the wrong way. And then the come down is Yeah. Or even just putting your kind of, you know, being that young and like looking for that validation of the clicks and likes and stuff like that. I have trouble. I hate myself for how much I care. Like, I have to knock that off. Like, and I'm almost 50. Like, how is this still a thing? Like, I'm not 16 anymore. It suddenly turns you into high school again. Yes. Yeah. That kind of craving for it for sure. And I think too, like, I can, like, you know, I'm very self aware, very aware of all my issues, but I'm not great at fixing them or making any space. Oh my God. Very Alice in Wonderland. I often give myself very good advice. I just very rarely follow it. Yeah. So, like, all this makes sense. Or, like, you're the niche. You're like, you know, I just put it out, but, but I don't care. But, like, I still care. Like, I still care a lot more than I should. But I think even just admitting that and trying to be aware of what you're doing or admitting you have a problem is the first step to say so. Oh my gosh. Yes. We need to start our like 12 step program. I was even going to say, like, one of the things that I, discovered which I didn't want to do at first because I had like an ego about it since I'm a writer was like using the chat GPT AI stuff for the social media things and I was like oh no I'm a I'm a writer I can come up with that it's like but do I want to spend my creativity coming up with something for Twitter yeah that's true it's a, yeah I, I haven't messed with AI much because I'm just I'm like too scared of it but like I guess if you can you know find a balance of it and be able to you know, post in a way that's not, I don't know, that doesn't take over your personality. Like, I, again, like, I, I, I don't know that much about it. Part of me, maybe it's the creative, like, I'm a creative, I'll write my, write my own stuff. But I guess theoretically, if you could like offload that onto this robot, why not? I, and just say, like, I mean, I run this podcast, I run another podcast, but it's a totally different thing. It's for kids and history. And then I write books. And then I also sell my artwork. So it's like, there's like four different major things that all require social media. And I can't switch voices like that throughout the day like yeah yeah. I also have kids to raise and I have chickens that are summoning some sort of old god up there they're in the middle of some <laughs> sort of like plucking circle that I can kind of hear <laughs> uh, but, you know I have deranged like little hamsters like I've got stuff to do other than try to like remind people that I exist like yeah no it's such a hard yeah no it's, it's definitely a hard line to walk and like I can't imagine doing separate businesses because taking care of my own music stuff which is kind of like a business in itself but yeah. that's no, that's, that's one, a business. Like, <laughs> one is exhausting, them. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wonder why I thought that, you know, when I got too sick to run my photography studio and I had to retire and because of my disability that I should open 
four more things just to prove that I should exist. Like, I, I don't know where that thought process, actually, I do know where that thought process, again, it's the first step is admitting it. And then maybe eventually we start to deal with it. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess like it's, if all those projects are kind of bringing you joy and it's a positive thing, well, that's cool. It's just trying to figure out how to manage the promotion of them in a healthy way, but it's easier said than done for sure. That's that's definitely easier said than done. We're almost yeah. at the end of our time. And I just oh want to make sure. I know, I swear, like I need to tell you more <laughs> often. So we are going to have all of your links on our show notes. Is there any other place people should go? Spotify, Apple, where do you want people to listen to your music before you actually get yeah. paid? Yeah. Yeah, well, none of them really pay you, but a spot and Apple are both good if that's a place you want to check out. And yeah, I guess for like booking and stuff, they kind of look to see how many people stream your stuff on Spotify. That's the place where most people check for getting more opportunities. So that's helpful, but it's fractions of pennies. So wherever you want to, look, that's fine. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the giant corporations that I sell my soul to to promote yeah. my work. Sure, they're not listening to the shadow band on Spotify. I mean, based us if you're listening, <laughs> for the God's sake, pay your people and pay your taxes. Exactly, yeah. That's, but yeah, so yeah, anywhere you can, you stream music, you can find me on there if you want to buy it. That's fine on iTunes or whatever. That's cool. I'm on all the social media places. TikTok, you can see my dog and stuff. Who's adorable? Please go and look at the darling little sleepy puppy. <laughs> I, I've been assured that this puppy actually moves, but she so does. far, she so does. far, this has been very cute napping. <laughs> but yeah, so if you want some quality Stella content, you can come on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, wherever you like to scroll on there. I mean, I think that you should <laughs> just have your whole account be Stella doing zoomies with your music in the background. I think that, oh, that's, that's a new that, marketing strategy. That is a, a genre on TikTok that I have several hits of Stella just running around. What's my song in the background? That's just your entire beat right there. Yes. No, yeah. She's an integral part of my music marketing strategy. Get right off her dog food then. Like, right. Yeah, I would love to write her off as independent on my tie. I'm allowed to do that. They're off their dressage horses and their yachts. I think you get to write off your dog. All right, well, I'm going to close this out with my favorite question. Is there anything you bought in the last year for under $100 that made things just that much better? It's a good question. My first thought was my guitar, but that wasn't $100. That was not $100. <laughs> I, I can look at this guitar, and that's a beautiful guitar. And that is not $100. It's, it's very nice. I mean, puzzles. I enjoy puzzles. That oh one my God, back yes. there. I have a little <gasps> jigsaw puzzle on my desk that's like a Halloween scene. That it's just a nice way to kind of come home and unwind, and you get a little dopamine hit that, you know, every time you get two together, which is, yeah, which is more healthy than your than your likes on Instagram. So that's good. <laughs> I just got, it's not $100 live and close, but I got the Meta Quest 3 thing. Oh. And they have, it's the VR headset. Oh, cool. I'm addicted. It's insane how much I love this thing. But they have like a puzzle game on there, but it's real places. So you get to put together like a shrine in India. And like, Ooh. it even gives you like the haptic click when you click it in. Oh, nice. No yeah. mess on the ground. Like that was my problem with puzzles is I dislocate. So like, I'd be like leaning over for five hours, forget what time exists. And like, this way I don't have to do that. And I can lay down and do it. It's so cool. I am the only person to have gotten sports injuries from jigsaw puzzle. God damn it. That's amazing. Very impressive. So I will take my accolades where they come. Oh my gosh, I miss you so much. You have to come more often. Love to. Everyone, please keep an eye out. Tinu has not been feeling well. If you can donate to her, please do. Um, she's trying to pay for her cancer meds, so her podcast is on hold right now. We're still hoping for Dion to come in, but he's been dealing with some health issues. So until they're there, please keep listening to Invisible Not Broken. Be kind, be gentle, be a badass. It doesn't ever, I keep saying this, but more important, we need to be much 
much kinder to each other. All right, have a great month, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. To find out more about today's episode, including show notes, transcripts, and more, please visit InvisibleNotBroken.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support this show by heading over to our Patreon or by sharing these episodes. We are not advertising and our growth is thanks to you listeners. Thank you to our hosts Monica and Laura for a wonderful discussion. This episode was edited by me, Luke Spine. Last but not least, be kind, be gentle, and be badass.